Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to season three of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. But I'm going to go straight to it. I'm your host, Beth the Duran, co-host actually. And it, this is on YouTube. It's also on iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. And instead of playing the fancy intro music, I'm going to start it off by just saying I'm sorry. We haven't been here for you uh, this summer, but we're going to explain it all. It's season three of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. I'm Beth the Duran, joined as always by Ricardo Romero, the... Man who say, let's go, Ricky Rowe. We have upgraded the technology a little bit. We got little fancy graphics. We're doing it. Getting all fancy. Ricky's got a fancy light. I got a fancy light. And we are here. We are back for the people, Ricky. It's season three. How are you doing? Good, man. I'm doing good. Just uh, happy we get to do this again. I mean, it's been a while. Um, a lot has gone on. <laughs> yeah. Not just in this world, but and the whole world in general. Um, and, you know, I think when, when we kind of stopped doing this, it was in the mid, it was just kind of starting to kind of go a little bit sideways around, around the world. So, um, you know, and we figured we'd take a break and kind of regroup and, you know, with, with, with the baseball guys uh, having the uncertainty of not having a season and then having a season and then all the stuff that they had to go through, uh, we figured we'd kind of, take a step back and just kind of regroup and, 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 and just see where it took us. And now we're here season three and I'm pumped that we're back. Yeah. And if you're listening to this for the first time, let me explain to you how it works. Normally we're going to have a guest on the show. And when we started this podcast a couple years ago, I was like, Rick, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do that. And Ricky is the nicest guy. He's always going to say, yeah, Beto. Okay, cool. Yeah, Beto. Okay, cool. I'm the one with all the ideas and how to get going on. Right. And Ricky's like, Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. And then I go this way. He goes that way. We go this way. We go that way. We figure it all out. So let's give you guys the backstory of what happened this year. And I'm going to apologize right now. So normally, we do the Ricky Rowe podcast in person with somebody. So if you want to go back and listen on iTunes or Spotify uh, to season one, you'll notice that every single guest was in person. We would go to players hotel rooms or the lobby, whatever they're in town in LA, sometimes their house, and we'd interview them, and it was cool, usually on the day of, game, uh, day of games, and, you know, uh, remember, we had Liam Hendricks from the A's, we're in the lobby at the hotel, and people just walking by, like, what are these guys laughing about? You know, we're in a CC Sabathia's uh, hotel room as he's getting a massage, you know, when he was with the Yankees, so it was cool, it added that flavor, that element, and then... We took a break because Ricky's got two young toddlers. I got a, I got other jobs. And we're like, you know what? 
offseason, we'll give these guys a break. And with podcasts, Ricky's learning it, it always evolves. So season two comes out, and we're like, yeah, we'll do it again. We'll get what's going on. We're learning. And what happens, Rick? COVID hits, and there's my... <laughs> it just... It was just we just had to adapt. It was just crazy. Yeah, and and, and adapting is the, the right word, you know, because we were doing them. We were we had some good guests come on. We had you know the Kevin Pilars, the, the Rowdy Telez of the world, uh, Vernon Wells, who had some good uh, stories to share, all that good stuff, and even send us some nice wine that we still haven't opened, but yeah. we're hoping we open it soon. Um, we had all that in. It was just still, you know, we were still kind of adjusting to that. And then obviously all this COVID stuff hit. Um, and we just figured we, we kind of would take a break. You know? and, and, and rightfully so. I think there's more important things. But I feel like slowly we're kind of maybe, uh, you know, the World Series kind of happened and all that good stuff happened. The Dodgers won and it was a good, uh, you know, it was good uh, to have baseball back and, and that entertainment. Um even though we were missing the fan aspect of the of things, um, but other than that, I thought uh, you know it was, it was good. It was good. It was good. Our, yeah. our Lakers, our Lakers <laughs> NBA championship. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, you know, uh, people like to focus on the negative stuff that's happened, but you know, there's some positive stuff. Stuff uh, we just have to remain positive throughout all this time. And you know, I've lost uh, family members due to COVID, um, so. It's just it's been it's been some rough times, you know, and um, so hopefully, you know, we're able to move forward and and just continue the positivity in this world. Yeah. And it's uh, sorry for your loss, Rick. I remember we've talked about that and it's like we've all had somebody who's affected with it. And it's just 2020. Everybody wants to say it sucks. Yeah, it does. It, it was it just completely threw everything off kilter. But you've got to find something positive. So let me give you guys more behind the scenes. So we started doing the beginning of covid the show, as Ricky mentioned, online. Uh, we had great help production-wise uh, from ProAngle and Jeff Proctor and his guys. But then it became a hassle of like, okay, we got to get these guys live. That way the fans can interact with us. Yet at the same time, it's hard to schedule me, Ricky, with the two kids. Uh, I got uh, teenagers. And then I have jobs. And then to get the player to say, yeah, I'm ready to commit to you at this time. But then I got to figure out that their lives and then the studio and I tell you, it's way behind the scenes and we're very transparent on this. And it was just uh, it was really hard. And then well, I, I remember I remember when we were going to do it in the studio and then they're like, hey, not everything's kind of close by. The yeah. mics are close by. And that was I, I, I remember now that was another reason why we couldn't do it in studio. because We were, you know, uh, when you when you when you do this, when you're at your house, I'm in my house, you run into Internet problems, Internet right. connections, chopped video, all that stuff. So. A lot of stuff that people don't see. Um, again, like commit. You're, having guys you're learning. I think guys commit, um, and then you know that's why during season it was like, well, these guys are already in the bubble, and they already have their their plate full. Um, you know, for example, the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, they didn't they didn't have a home till like two weeks before the season, and, and next thing you know, they're in Buffalo. They had to transform that place, which looked amazing, and. And there was just so much uncertainty, and which is why, like, again, we took a break. Um, apologize, but again, I'm I'm very happy to be yeah. back, and hopefully, we're we get back on track, get some good guests, get some stories, and and have the the, the fans get back into it. Yeah, and the final apology is going to come from me. So Ricky and I recorded a, 
an end of season two episode. Like, hey, that's all right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you guys later on this year. And I deleted it. So the technology is there. So I take full ownership for it. And I wasn't going to ask Ricky, hey, let's do another 30 minutes of what we just talked about. So that was my technology problem. So if you follow us on the Instagram page of Let's Go Ricky Row, uh, we do check in. We are there with you. And we're going to be very, very active. So here's what's going on moving forward. Now that everybody knows how to use Zoom, Skype, whatever. Everybody knows how to talk on their computer. They're more comfortable. So that's what we're going to do with you. Uh, we will record the episodes during the week and we will release them every Thursday. So every Thursday, expect a new episode available to you. Um, it's just going to be too hard to have them do live where the fans can interact with us. So we're not going to do that. So we're going to either record Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, have a fresh episode for you on Thursday. Uh, today, it's just Ricky and I. We're going to recap what's going on. But that's what it is. So expect a fresh episode every Thursday for you on your wherever you listen to a podcast. And it'll also be available on YouTube. So go and check out my page, Beto Duran. And it'll have a separate playlist to say, let's go Ricky Rowe. And now that the technology has gotten better, we simple as that. I just some, email somebody a link and they jump on. So we can go all over the world, wherever you want to go. If we go find Hank Conger in Korea, we find Manny Breda in Mexico somewhere, or we go to Canada, we can do it. Because haven't you noticed, Rick, too? Because you've been doing a lot of these interviews. Everybody's comfortable now talking to the computer. It used to be, uh, I don't know how. Now it's like, okay, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> it's almost like this has forced people to be tech savvy a little bit, you know, and, and, Everything's done. I mean, I don't know how many Zoom calls I've done since since this started. And, you know, it's been a lot of, like I said, a lot of good stuff. Uh, I've gotten a chance to talk to to different uh, universities. Uh, I was in a call this week with uh, BC Baseball, British Columbia. We talked to a few kids in that area. And that was pretty cool, too. You know, when you're able to share your wisdom, share stories, and, and just, you know, try to answer any questions that, you know, the host had for me. It was a tremendous uh, Zoom call. I was really excited. I've done some Zoom calls still with the 108 performance people uh, breaking down certain guys and still trying to learn that analytical side as far and, and the movement side of things. So a lot of good things happening, um, you know, and hopefully uh, I'm able to finally land a job somewhere or something. <laughs> oh, you're like everybody else. You're unemployed right now? Unemployed, man. I mean, I just... You know, it, it like I said, this time has allowed me to kind of just sit back and enjoy my kids. You know, yeah. we obviously, we're obviously expecting baby number three in April. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> baby <laughs> number little... three, breaking news on the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. Unless you follow Ricky on Instagram, but baby number three is coming. Baby number three, two boys, and this one's finally a girl. So we're excited about that. Um, it should be uh, here in April, um, and. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's cool. adjusting to different things, you know. Bought a house in Canada, too. So, I mean, it's, it's it's you know, so. You bought a house in Canada. So, we are going to have a studio in Canada. Right, yeah. I mean, the house is <laughs> in your room, you know. So, we're excited about that. You know, we like I said, it's 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 some tough times. But we're hoping that uh, we somehow get through it. Um, not just as a community, but as a, you know. The whole country, the whole world. Ah, oh, man, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 crazy. it's crazy. You know, when, when you turn on the news and, and you're seeing all the stuff that's going on, yeah. it's just, you know. it's uh, it's when you like you're a lot younger than I am. So when you start thinking different ways of like how the world is going, I'm over here looking like, damn, 
I'm not going to retire in Kabul in 10 years. I got to find another job. Like I got to start doing things. And it's, yeah. uh, it's interesting. It's interesting times. And we'll get all into that. But first I want to say thank you to the people who uh, sent messages about the Ricky Rowe podcast coming back for season three. Cause people were checking all the time and say, Hey, when are you guys doing it? When are you doing it? We're doing it. And without giving too much of the personal lives, it's like soon, 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 soon. So what we've decided to do with the podcast is make it an off season podcast. Because we've learned on the fly that when you try to do it during the regular season, everything could go crazy. And players get into the routine of where they're at. So it's just a lot easier for us to say, hey, off-season podcast. So it's like a hot stove podcast for you. We're going to just tell you more stories, and we'll have it for you every Thursday. But right now, Ruben Polanco, who sponsored us at the Sinisa Estrada Golf Tournament, said, heck yeah, let's go. I have the tequila and cigars ready to go for the next golf outing. Ruben Polanco, you are a machine. Danny Martinez... You can have those. I want the Vega protein. And oh, Viga yeah. Part. He brought, dude. Yeah, you, you can have the tequila. I'll have the Vega protein parts. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so we play with the guy, Ruben Polanco, hooks us up, Vega Sport protein. I mean, I got all kinds of stuff. I'm loaded. I'm ready to go. Great guy. Took care of us at the Sinisa Strata uh, Golf Tournament, Sinisa Championship Boxer for Golden Boy. Awesome time. Awesome time. Uh, we'll definitely. Yeah, and for me, Stella, we'll definitely do it. You know, your hood. Welcome to your neighborhood, Ricky. Uh, Dan Beers, Danny Martinez. Do you know how much we needed you during this COVID stuff? Man. Oh, can I get some podcast stickers and we'll call it even? Yeah, Danny Martinez. When you hear this, send me a message with your address and I'll take care of you. We have like 10 stickers left, so I'm going to take care of you right now. And we know that we needed you during COVID because we needed you as well. Uh, Robert... Kyle Zadidas, uh, Kyrie's Grampy in Othello, Washington. Yes, thanks, guys. You're back. Uh, Dodger Paul, my guy in Indio. Congratulations to your Dodgers, by the way. 100, finally. Ricky's back. Okay, well, I'm here too. Um, Danielle Marie. Oh, I know who you are. Danizi. What's up? Glad you guys are back. Thursdays. Okay, thank you, Beto. Appreciate it. Uh, I th- let's see here. Gordo Wapo. How about you get Horacio Ramirez on the show? Remember him? Yeah, he'd be a good one. Yeah, he'd be a good one. He's still playing, probably. Wait, or is Gordo the Wapo the guy that you met at a gas station? He's out there probably stretching that old-ass body of his. <laughs> Vendados 0213, Brad Urbanovich, a lot of people um, are UK fans, uh, Blue Jays fans, UK. Uh, as always, Justin Jones, a big supporter of the show, uh, has it. Uh, and as always, uh, Westside Love. Everybody else. So we have a lot of people saying we are back. So they're excited for us. Uh, we will get going with you. All right. So that's enough behind the scenes stuff. Most importantly, Ricky, we took a big break, reality, from the podcast because we want to become professional golfers. Right? That's the deal? <laughs> you want to become a <laughs> golfer. I just want to go out and play, man. I think that's what's keeping me sane during these times is that the golf courses haven't closed. Slowly, slowly getting better, but still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, slowly getting better. You are damn good, but we have been playing a lot of golf just to get out of the house, and that's where some of these ideas have come at. Um, here we go. Toronto, whenever you do something, uh, I saw the, the you had the BC uh, Academy, you do something with the Blue Jays, everything else. You bought a house in Toronto. Why buy a house in Toronto, Rick? Like, you live at the beach because well one it, it helps that um cars from there um two 
when we go out there, you know, we now having a third kid where we don't fit. In the more, you know, we it's pretty hard to uh, to have two crazy ass boys in a hotel room or at my uh, mother in law's place. Okay, so we figured, you know, you no, know, we've always wanted to buy a place out there. I mean, it's been a, a thing of ours that you know it'd be nice to have a house here, our main home here, obviously in Southern California, and out there. And um, you know, during these times, we figured. You know, we started kind of just checking online to see what what was out there, and then we we found out uh one of our uh, <laughs> one of Car's best friends is in the process of buying in the same area, and he's like, oh, it, you know, it would be a good idea maybe if you guys moved into the same area, and it just kind of started That's as cool. just you know, on, on kind of like how our camp started as banter when we when we hosted that, that camp. It was a year ago yesterday. And it was just one of those things where we started searching and then next thing you know, we hire a realtor and then next thing you know, we're in escrow and now we're looking to furnish this place. So it's one of those things where we still hope we, we can make it up there eventually, obviously with all the restrictions that there is right now, um, it's, it, makes, it makes it a little tough, but luckily we've had her dad out there kind of being our set of eyes and making sure everything's going smooth. That's awesome that you're doing that. And the, you know, anybody always says, oh, we're going to go back home. We're going to go back home. Like how many Mexican families always said, I'm going to go back to Mexico, right? Or like, I'm going to buy a house in Mexico. My mom and dad are still talking about buying another house and they're almost 80. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, I, I think, you know, I've been fortunate enough that the Toronto Blue Jays um, bring me in for a lot of different events. Obviously, right. this, this is a little bit different. And we're usually always there for like, you know, four or five days a week and then we're rushed and then we never really get to do the stuff that we want to do because I'm either busy cause you know, obviously with the boys and then I get home and it, or get back to the hotel. And so we're always just, everything's on the go. And I was like, you know what, we need something where we can actually go there for three, four five weeks and just kind of wind down and, 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 and be in the comfort of our own home. So it, it, we just looked at all the pros of it, you know, uh, and That's cool. It kind of worked out, so we're 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 really pumped. And you know, to me, Toronto's my second home, and it's always going to be my second home. And uh, anytime I'm out there, you know, it's just it's always refreshing to me. You know, it's just something about uh, Canadian people that just they're super nice, and it's just you know, I I, I get welcomed with 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 open arms. So it just makes me want to be there all the time. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's great that you set yourself that you can do that. Cause I know you rave about it. And the more you talk to like in our group chat, everybody's like, all right, we're going to Toronto. We're moving, we're getting passports. Let's go. We're, we're going to figure it out. And that's great. And that's, that's awesome that you set your family up like that for generations to come where you can say, Hey, we have roots here. Also, man, cause your yeah. kids are Mexican and Canadian. They are ready to go. Yeah. They're they're They have a little bit of everything. So, you know, I know I, Sebastian, Sebastian absolutely loves going there. I mean, he's been, it, it, it almost makes him sad that, like, he's like, when's the coronavirus going to go away? <laughs> like, when's COVID going to go away? And then yeah. he's like, Mommy, I want to get on a flight. And then he'll see a, because we're like, oh, nobody's flying right now. And then he'll see a, obviously, we live close to LAX and he'll see a plane come by. And it's like, he's like, but I thought you guys said that there was no flights available. So it's like, he's just, you know, it's like that, that young kid that's confused, you know, on, on different things. And, we tried to explain it. Obviously, it, it it's tough on them. Um, so we, we, they miss grandma. They miss grandpa. Cara yeah. misses her parents. So a lot of that stuff is going on right now. You know, I mean, it's not just us. I don't want anybody to feel sorry for us. But because no. it, 
a lot of stuff it's it's it's, it's happening and it's it's real and just uh you know you ask for everyone to be uh safe and and, and be careful it's uh so many different things and you like sebastian's what five years old now or four yeah. or five so like trying to explain that to little kids i can't even imagine what your house looks like look i got a 15 and a 10 and it's hard and a lot of credit to their mom for putting them up through school and everything else and it's hard with the those kids i can't imagine the two little ones that you got like maybe like you need a break rick you do need this podcast you, you need a podcast and kudos to your wife she does a great job honestly yeah i mean that's why i was like thinking about it i was like this is um when you mentioned it you had mentioned it for like the past month you've been you've been kind of like hey when are we going to bring it back yeah. we're going to bring it back and i said you know what i need a day uh during the week where i can just kind of sit down for an hour and we get to you know shoot yeah. talk shop yeah. you know, and shoot the shit here and just talk about you know today we're obviously going to talk about different things you know from from being in a bubble to, to being in the you know watching the dodgers win the world series yep. watching the Lakers win the championship because i feel like a lot of people nobody was allowed in this arena so everyone was watching from home yeah. you know obviously texas in the world series they allowed some fans but still I guarantee you when the Dodgers were in the World Series, probably, I don't know, 90 plus percent in L.A. were probably watching this, the World Series from their from their couch and, and rooting that team on. And, um, you know, it was it's crazy. But again, it, it was it was it was cool to kind of see the Dodgers win the World Series. Yeah. Um, it was it, it honestly was, you know, I grew up a Dodger fan uh, and we talked this talked about this in the group chat. Let's just get into it now. There you go. Take charge, Ricky. That's what I like. We, uh, you know, with the with the whole uncertainty of the season and everything, you know, and it it, it just it was it, it it was missing the 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 fan element. You know, everyone everyone saw that. I mean, fans just bring a different energy to the ballpark, and when you don't have that, it's it's tough. And um, you know, just seeing my Blue Jays, you know, not have a home and all that stuff, and and then. Like I think I said it earlier, the people in Toronto did an amazing job with that stadium in in, in, in Buffalo. And shout out to to my girls Michelle and Marnie, um, Steph and Shannon, and and all those girls that that did a tremendous job out there. Um, but I was gonna say, seeing the Dodgers win the World Series was just really cool. I remember we were in the in the group text message, and I was like, man, this this is cool because it brings me back to when my dad used to take me and sit in the pavilion to watch the Dodgers play. We used to buy those $6 tickets, uh, you know, and then get a hot dog and a soda and just kind of sit there, watch BP. And I used to love all that stuff. And that's what it kind of brought me back to, you know, I was like, man, this is, this is cool. I know how much it means to, to, to the Dodger fans. Obviously I like watching them. Um, you know, it's not like I have a, uh, you know, like I'm a crazy fan of theirs, but it was cool for the city of like, of LA to 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 see them celebrate the way they celebrated uh, watching it went. Yeah, it was uh, really really cool to see it. Yet surreal, yet weird. Um, and full disclosure, in the group chat, I'm that guy that's just salty and hater on everything. Um, like I will go contrarian on purpose, uh, just to because we have there. You know, you know those fans that your friends that are like the hardcore fans, and if you say anything against their team, they get mad. <laughs> well, we, we know those guys, 
And I purposely, you know, poke the needle. I'll even text Ricky on the sideline. Hey, look, I got time. Watch. Watch this, right? Just, and just, right. Ah, these guys get all mad at me. And then they get, like, so on purpose, I'm doing that. Now, no, it, it's cool when you get to talk the game. You know, these yeah. guys, uh, our group chat, you know, Marco, Ace, um, Chaton, and Alex, yourself, and me. I mean, it's just, it, it's good banter. I mean, you get, you got two guys who pitch in the big leagues in that group chat. And, I, you know, for me, it's always cool when they ask us questions. Oh, what do you think? Or what are you thinking? Yeah. I never pitched in the World Series. I never pitched in the playoffs, but I still have a little bit of insight of what it feels like to be have a blister on your finger, for example, like like Walker Bueller did, you know, and if it was affecting him, if it wasn't affecting him, and all that stuff, you know, and and watching guys, you know, like Kenley Jansen, um, you know, get trashed by by fans, and 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 I'm sitting there like, hey, hey, like take it easy, you know, like so it's just. This is that thing where where I like to bring everyone back down and say, remember, these kids are, are not kids. These guys are human beings, too. You know, they're not trying to go out there and fail. You know, yeah. if anything, you know, playing Kershaw, you know, watching him hold that trophy. It was just to me, it was really cool, you know, because I've gotten a chance to talk to him. I've gotten a chance to spend a little bit of time with him and just an amazing human being, you know, and and, and where did not, you uh, how did you talk to Kershaw? Well, when when Justin Turner got married. Um, oh, OK. You know, I said I saw him there, and and uh, you know we had a long talk, and you know it was it was it was cool. You know, like I said, a hard worker. He does a lot of stuff off the community or off the off the field, supports the community, and is involved in and all that good stuff. So just watching him hold that trophy, you know, he's been he's gotten crashed by a lot of fans uh, in the past, and him not being clutch and this and that, and just watching him go do, go do his yeah. thing and, and kind of cement put the icing on the cake, you know, to his Hall of Fame career. You, uh, and I was, uh, at the World Series covering it for CBS2 in Los Angeles. I was there for the first three games, I think. Yeah. So it was different stories. I'll, I'll tell you the background of it, but I love where Ricky's going with this angle of Kershaw because you were on a, a TV show or a radio show in Canada and you said you, you picked Kershaw to be your MVP, right? I did, yeah. And I, everything was kind of lining. I, I also said the Dodgers would win in five and it was lining up to that. And then obviously they had that that rough game four ending, and you know obviously they ended up winning in it six or six or seven. Six. I don't even remember six. And yeah, but I, I was I was like, man, if on a perfect world he's gonna win game one, and then he's gonna come back game five, get another win, dominate, and boom, there it is. Obviously it didn't work out like that, but again, he he did what he had to do, did a tremendous job, and I'm happy for him. I'm happy for a guy like like. Justin Turner too, you know, he's been a came in as a free agent, you know, minor league contract and he's built himself into a uh, a superstar here in LA and to watch him uh, you know, win the World Series obviously it was a little bit <laughs> it sucked for him right there at the end, yeah. you know, with the stuff that happened, but you know, at the end of the night he's a world champ now, so that's, that's a in for people who don't know, Ricky and JT were not just um college teammates they were roommates so yeah. and when i met you guys jt was on the bench in with the mets you were on the rise with toronto you guys were going to laker games and it was nobody was stopping justin turner now this guy his life has completely changed where he can't oh, go anywhere and it, without being stopped he gets crushed here in la for for the rest of his life because he's done a, yeah. such a great job with the community his foundation his golf tournament, and there's, and that's just some of the stuff that we know of. I can only imagine some of the stuff that he does off the field that we've never heard of. 
Did you have any kind of communication with JT during the playoffs? Uh, yeah, we did. We did. We texted a little bit. Um, I'd ask him certain things, you know, about just the game and what he was seeing and stuff like that. And um, but yeah, we we had a little bit of communication, and then um, and then once he won, you know, I was like, yeah, I can't imagine how many messages <laughs> he got. You know, and I did text him, but I wasn't expecting a reply. Um, again, you know, he had his plate more than full after yeah. winning the series. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we've texted, texted since and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it, that whole team, that whole organization, I mean, you said it, you know, you're happy for the people that have been there working for such a long time, you know, from our guy, Chaton, uh, ground screw guy who lives and breathes Dodger blue. Um, you just see all that stuff, all those stories, you know, um, people say, saying like, you know, sitting in my living room crying, you know, and it, that that's 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 being a fan, you know, and that's yeah. how much it means to them, you know, and and it just it goes to show you what sports can do to 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 fans and to the people who love their beloved teams. It's it's awesome when you see that kind of uh, emotion. Do you remember 88? You're too young, right? Oh, uh, I was only I mean, 88 if it was in. So I was about to turn no four way. years old. Yeah, you so, don't remember that. So this is um, the first real championship that you've seen the Dodgers win. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so for 88, I was 10 years old, and I remember Gibson hit the home run, and I'm like in the room jumping, and I remember hitting the ceiling, right, of the house, and I'm like, what? Like, it was just, I was that My- kid. And now as an adult, and as a reporter for the last 20 years, I've been in the business 20 years, it's, you know, um, I'm not, I don't root for teams I don't, I'm not a fan. I love sports. And I've always said this. And I, I know people are saying, like, oh, Bethany, you sound so jaded at times. No, I love sports. I love watching the 1% of the world perform at the highest level where Clayton Kershaw can do with his eyes closed. It's crazy. It's amazing to watch these guys, whether it's pro soccer or football or baseball, whatever it is. I love watching the sports. I love telling the stories. But when you see, oh, I'm a diehard fan, I'm like, I've also seen the business side of what it mm-hmm. is. You know, go be an intern for the Clippers, and you're gonna see a lot of way things happen. Um, I've also seen how people just get treated treated as commodities. But with the Dodgers and also with the Lakers, there's some people that work for the team that you feel live and die with them. Seriously, like the receptionist, the like Richard Fernando, our, our friend, the grounds crew, where they're using the Dodger job as a second, third job just because they want to have that connection with them, and they live and die with the team. Or hardcore fans, and I love seeing the hardcore fans enjoy this. And as a kid who grew up in L.A., to see the Dodgers win a championship, it's great for the city. I love yeah. seeing the way that the city came together. I love seeing the way that the fans come together. I love seeing that. Now, am I really happy that certain players won? Eh, whatever. Like, I don't care about that. I love seeing the, the person who's been a scout with the Dodgers for 20-something years that you've never heard of, but they are the ones that... Were the backbones for this, like the guy at the elevator, um, the 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 people that work in the press room uh, for the press dining, like Jeanette, who's been there the cashier for years, like the people there, like you know that they bought their championship shirt and trophy, even though they work for the organization. Like those are the people I'm really happy for. This is where you almost wish you had fans, you know? Yeah, man. Stadium game six. I don't know if they would have been home or not, but you imagine them just being in that kind of that place would have erupted. Yeah. And, and you remember, you went to Game 7, right? 
Yeah, I did against Houston. Yeah, I did. I went to game six and game seven and just crazy the energy of it. And then the down of it too, when, when they lost and you just, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. What, a, what, what, you know, what the fan element can do. Yeah. And I know a lot of people were saying, okay, now we can put, we can finally put that Kirk Gibson, <laughs> that Kirk Gibson, um, um, shoot, I'm drawing blank. The highlight. The, the highlight. It, put it away. Put it away. <laughs> but, you know, it's still, and it's true, you know, I mean, my mom and dad always, or my mom always tells a story when, when they won in 88, they went to church the next day. And the first thing that came out of the priest's mouth was, go Kirk Gibson. can <laughs> <laughs> Stop telling that story because I think I've heard about a million times. <laughs> that, that's, that's, you're always going to remember where you're at for certain things. And that's why. Sports are amazing. That's why I still work in it. That's why I've never done real news or the weather or the traffic because there's always a great story to tell in sports. And um, that's why for the World Series, like I said, I was there for CBS2, uh, covered it, and it was weird. I remember texting you guys back, like, this is weird. Like, it feels – they were allowed to have 12,000 fans in the stadium. You had to wear a mask when you walk in. But then if you go to the bar, it's different. It, it was just so surreal. I remember asking you and Sanabia, like, what's it like fan-wise? Are the players affected by this? And leaning on you guys so I could use my reports when I would come back and say, like, hey, this is what I'm pretty sure to talk about. As far as a member of the media, you weren't allowed to go anywhere near the players. So everything, every interview that you did was via Zoom. You were allowed in the stands, but you couldn't go anywhere near the field. There was different tiers. So I was in tier three, which means I'm third deck. I can't go anywhere near the field, which is usually where I thrive and guy get information. This time it's not happening. And it was everything was just weird. And I've never been to a game in Tampa, but it felt like a game in Tampa. Like everybody <laughs> was making that joke. Oh, they're used to 12,000 people. And it really was because you would have seats of four, space, seats of four, every other row for the fans. And it just didn't the, feel like a playoff game. The one thing that it didn't lack, though, was the player energy. Oh, oh yeah. Most, oh, yeah. Oh, most, yeah. From beginning to end, the emotion, the home runs. I mean, we saw the the Padres and the Dodgers when they went at it and yep. just the, the shit talking back and forth and the pimping home runs and Love all it. that stuff. You know, it was it, the, the players didn't miss the beat when it came to that. And I think there was a question they asked Justin Turner. And I, I want to say it was him where they were like, you know, you feel like it's the same or something about it, the energy of, of, of the game. And he's like, well, it's still the world series. And it still feels like, you know, like we're at each other's throats, kind of like, like yeah. them just not taking any pitch off. And it was, everyone was into it. You can see it. You can just see the energy of it um, on the field. You know, you, you can just see it. I mean, it's, it was so cool to see that, um, you know, obviously when you're watching it on TV, you know, it's just, I don't know if it was, were they using uh, fake fan noise? Yeah, so the, what they did was they had, each team was their home game. So, like, the Dodgers had games one and two. So, they had, the players had their at-bat music. You know, um, the pitchers had their music. And then they would pipe in the organ, like Dieter Rule, who does a great job at Dodger Stadium's organist. So, you would hear some of his stuff. Uh, the okay. in, in, in between commercial innings, like the stuff that they put on the board would be like stuff from the Dodgers. Same thing with Tampa. You would see the Tampa stuff. So it switched up. You wouldn't hear 
there was no fake fan noise in the in the building, but it was the natural crowd reaction. So the was Dodgers it, hit a home run. Was it still pretty? Could you still hear it? Like, just was it still kind of loud? Was it? I mean, it, I mean, it, it it's just it's because that stadium seats forty four thousand, and it's yeah. indoors. So it's for for I, I said it reminds me of playing in uh, Arizona. Where that kind of atmosphere, that kind of setup, because Globe Life uh, Ballpark is a brand new stadium, it's cool, but it just had that. For me, it just felt sterile. Like I'm thinking, the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium, fifty-five thousand, where it's going to take you four hours to get into the parking lot, all that stuff where you make no, and that's part. Yeah, all that stuff, right? All that stuff about about it. A player intro, you know, and mind you, most of the fans there were Dodger fans, but. 11,000 people making noise in a building that big just doesn't get loud enough to feel like a World Series. Like Now, the day that the, the, the Dodgers won, though, the city of L.A., you oh, well. definitely, hear <laughs> definitely hear it. I mean, fireworks and yeah. it's crazy. Like I said, it, to, to some people, it means a lot, you know, and it's just not just the, the – it's generations that it's yes. been passed on to. You know, people who say, you know – before I die, I want to watch them win. It's really true, you know. Yeah. People can wait for this, and and I, it was one of those things where, like I said, I was happy for the city of LA, um, and um, hopefully next year or next season, it you know we can get a bit back to normal and and, and see some yeah. good baseball. It's uh, once again, people always make say, "Oh, it's twenty twenty, it's crazy," but at the end of the day. These guys are World Series champions. And I, I remember telling you guys story in the group chat where Julio Urias, who I kept making fun of in the group chat, as on the side, I'm like, dude, this guy's been dealing. But just because I like messing with Marco, like, oh, he's going to suck today in this game. You've been saying that all year. <laughs> just There's just certain people that you can just poke too easy. Um, no, he, he really <laughs> – I've always said it from day one. He's got tremendous stuff. He's yeah. got Julio. all the stuff that, that, uh, that, uh, that a starter needs. I mean, his stuff his, – his stuff yeah. is so explosive. I mean, he worked at a good pace, and obviously, um, you know, he always ran into that first inning trouble I'm, from the from the games that I watched. But then he always would recover, you know, and um, and he came out of the bullpen. Did I mean he was pretty much unhittable, he and it's it, you expected him to to be, and and he showed. The crazy thing about him is that you didn't even know he had an out left to win the World Series. He was just so calm, so composed, uh, and that that. That's big time, you know, especially when you're in that situation. And I, I mean, I'm sure his heart was beating. <laughs> he definitely didn't show it. And I'm sure, uh, you know, when he got that third out, it was a big relief. You know, I mean, so many years of, of not winning a championship here in L.A. Um, you see a hit, you see him, you see a kid like uh, Victor Gonzalez, too. You know, another Mexican kid who, who was a big part of that of that. Um, of that relieving or that bullpen, it was just so cool to see that, you know, young kids getting their shot and, and, and performing at the highest level and for a world series trophy, it was really cool. And I said this after um, the first game. So as reporters, you don't have access to the field, but you know me, I'm gonna find a way. So I didn't get to the field, but I saw that they were Dodgers were taking BP and I was like, let me get there a little bit earlier into the stadium. And I knew the pitchers, they always do that power shag. So I was like, let me find somehow a way I can get to, because our camera uh, setup was in the outfield. And I see Victor and Julio out there. 
and they're shagging. And I'm up in the in the fan section, way up high, and I start yelling at Julio, and he like he recognized me because we've known him since he was a rookie, or actually before that when he was in Cucamonga. And you know, his uh, the guy he works out with, uh, Roxy Royal, make sure to you know introduce us. We took care, of, we know him well, and I'm like, all right. So I look at him, and I he, Julio doesn't recognize me, and then I'm like, hey. Then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh yeah, I see you," because I forgot I'm in freaking a suit and makeup. Like he's not—he's just thinking I'm just another guy yelling at him. And uh, I was like, "Hey, good job last night. How you feeling? Are you pitching today?" He's like, "Yeah. What? Remember I sent you guys what he said? Hey, three more, and then I get my ring. Tres más y la anillo. He, he did three, and then did that. And I'm thinking this guy is so confident right now, oh, yeah. mentally and physically, that he's thinking of getting a ring. Not maybe we can." He wasn't going to get denied, and he showed it. I mean, he showed it. He wasn't going to get denied at all. And, and you know, you could tell Dave Roberts didn't even hesitate to let him go back out there for that ninth inning, even yeah. though um, I said it. You know, I, I did say it. I'll admit it, and I'm sure Dodger fans won't be happy. Because I was like, it would be nice to see Kenley go out there and get those hey. last three. Everything he's been through. I thought but, the same. I thought the same. But, again, you got to ride the hot hand. You know, yeah. I don't. I'm sure the the San Francisco Giants weren't thinking that when when Bumgarner was going out there for the ninth inning of the World Series of Game Seven. So it's just one of those things where you ride the hot hand. But um, yeah. it was cool I'm to ha- see, man. I'm happy for the guys. You know, the Turners, the Kershaws, the the Kenleys of the world. You know, those guys that have that been through it all. You know, and and they they've gotten denied, but finally they get to uh, hold that trophy up. And Rick, all right, now let's make this personally about you because it's let's go Ricky Rowe. You, like I said, you never pitched in the playoffs, but you are a World Series champion on the collegiate level. When the final out is made, all right, what are you thinking right before that? Oh, uh, dude. Well, if we go back to, back to 2004 when we won the College World Series, I remember I was sitting in the dugout. I was sitting in the dugout. In the, in the, whoopsie. Sorry right. about that. No, it's, it's Toronto calling. <laughs> I remember sitting in the dugout and I couldn't like it was two outs and I remember I was like I had a towel over my head like this and I was like oh my god we're one out away we're one out away we're one out away and I just couldn't believe it I just I was like is this really happening and Jason Windsor was our starting pitcher he was throwing a complete game and then Jesus The phone is ringing. There's an animal in trouble. You don't, let me, you don't. Let me, before I explain the story, I should let me put it on airplane mode. A little bit. Oh, who's um, calling us? Who's calling us? Uh, I was in a. <laughs> <laughs> not long ago, um, I rear-ended somebody. So it's the. I already got my Tesla back, but it's the dealership call. Uh, let the, me let me delete that part. Uh, let me delete Curtis Gold. Our lawyer does not want you admitting any kind of fault. <laughs> It wasn't my fault. Anyways, um, I remember just sitting there in the dugout, and it was one of those things where it was a pop-up to to right field, and when that ball went up, it took, like, eternity to come down. And I remember Bobby Andrews, our right fielder, caught it, and I started jump jumping up and down. And I, I just didn't know. It was just it, – you almost, like, black out. It's true when, when guys say, oh, what, what were you thinking – as you were rounding the bases of that big home run, oh, I blacked out. You really do black out. You do, you do. Mm. I remember I wasn't sure if I was, I was like laughing, but like tears were coming out at the same time, you know? And, and it's like, you, you have so many emotions. Uh, 
at that moment that it's just you can't even control it you know but i it was the, the coolest part was you get to celebrate with your teammate um and you know it's yeah. going on don't worry about it. People want to listen to the podcast early. That's what it is. Uh, like our good friend Blue Stang, who said, Ya era hora, Eric Camargo. You know what, Blue Stang? You're right. You're right. We'll, we'll have that for you. Like, we'll get you. Like, every Thursday, a new episode of Rick, Let's Go Ricky Roll. So, Blue Stang, while you're at it, why don't you go and uh, leave a review on iTunes, since you're complaining that we didn't give you enough stuff. Subscribe on uh, YouTube at Bethel Duran. And why don't you share it with friends? Let us know. Uh, and I have stickers left, so hit me up with your... Uh, Address, I'll give you one more sticker. So we have nine stickers left. Uh, but that's the thing about it, though, Rick, was like the emotions that was going on. And like, I remember the next day I was like, hey, telling our group, hey, let's get a podcast going. And it was like, ah, we couldn't do it. Uh, but it was just to see what you can do for a community. Because for the rest of his eternity, uh, the Dodgers are going to be known as the 2020 World Series champs. And Kike Hernandez will be a champion forever. Justin Turner, a World Series champion. On their tombstone, it'll say World Series champion. Like, that is just awesome for them. And, you know, if you're some of the people that work behind the scenes in the PR department, like Joe Jerick and uh, everybody involved with them, and, you know, you see them and you're like, damn. Like, the nights that you work from 9 a.m. to midnight afterwards and the members of the media and you see what's going on and you're just like the grind of – Hey, we're playing Cincinnati on August 12th. Like, and it's a four-hour game because somebody tied it up in the ninth inning on a Sunday afternoon getaway day. And you're like, oh, what am I doing here? It's all worthwhile when your team wins the championship. So it's cool Absolutely. to see all that stuff. Um, now, speaking of forever being known as a champion, LeBron James will be always known as a Lakers champion, Ricky Romero. That's right. That's right. That's right. So go ahead. Get your Lakers. Pump, pump the chest hey. up. I'm just happy, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but the Toronto Raptors didn't win the NBA championship. <laughs> you know why? Because I wouldn't hear the end of it with my father-in-law. <laughs> Him and I go at it, at it every year on sports, and basketball is one of them. So, um, <laughs> we're defending champs, baby. Come on. Uh, Move a little bit to your left, Rick, and show off that James Worthy jersey that's behind you. There it is. James Worthy jersey back there. Uh, so, the Ricky. Oh, and then, you can't forget, I, I put the, the the Mamba back there now. Oh, you got the pictures? Yeah. Oh, I got that's cool. Our good friend Ty now took those pictures. Oh, man, <laughs> yeah. He hooked it up. I mean, he, he – those pictures are incredible, you know. I mean, I have another one here that I haven't hung up. Uh, I plan on – my my son wants it in his room, so this is this is another one. Oh wow! Is that one of the Thai took? Yeah, they're all they're all from Thai. Yeah. Yeah. So our friend Thai now uh, used to be a uh, in charge of Lakers social media, and he was a photographer for them also. So those are some of the pictures that he sent to you. He's now doing great work yeah. with the Chargers. A fantastic, fantastic uh, when, photographer. Because I, I I saw him repost somebody like, and I was like, dude. Tell me where to work. Where can I buy that picture? And he's like, he's like, send me your address. You know, I got you. And oh, was, that's cool. Was, yeah. When I opened that package, I was like, wow. It's he sent me one of. Um, I haven't put it on a frame yet, but it's one where you know, I think it was his last game, and he's uh, 
uh, fist pumping Gigi. And oh man, uh, I remember seeing that. And even Kara saw it and she started crying right away. And obviously she's a little bit emotional right now, extra emotional. And she just like started tearing up right away. And it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I want to hang that one up eventually. Um, yeah. I just don't know where yet. Sebastian wants it in his room. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, it might be something that, that we do. Or I want to actually take one uh, up to the house in Toronto and, and, and put one up there. So, Oh, so you're um, going to take some Lakers stuff to the house in Toronto where your father-in-law. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I ain't letting my – I told my father-in-law there's none of that uh, – that rapper shit allowed in there, you know. <laughs> uh, Ricky Romero will never be working on a Toronto Raptors broadcast. <laughs> hey, no, I, they had a cool run a couple of years ago. It was really cool. And I was, there. I was there for some of the playoff games, yeah. not in the state, not in the arena, but outside of it, and everything they're able to do, Jurassic Park, and all. Yeah, that. it looks Incredible cool. What they're able to do it, and and. I tell you what, all of Canada rallied behind the Toronto Raptors. It was really cool to see, you know. But when it comes to just me and my father-in-law, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't give into any of that, you know. But I really do respect the Toronto Raptors and everything they 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 do, and then they they become a force, you know, in the East. And uh, but when it comes to my Lakers, you know, there there's nothing in between. Everything against except for the Lakers. And uh, for those of you guys who don't know, R- Ricky did serve as a Lakers special correspondent for one game. Um, yeah. He, we, we tried to get him to interview Kobe, but it was uh, a different circumstances. It was hard to do. Uh, but he did interview Pal Gasol. So, Lake, Ricky, on your resume, you know, because you're looking for a job because you're unemployed yeah. right now, we got to update you. Wait, there's no way you've ever done a resume, huh? No. Nope. <laughs> Have you ever had a job? Yeah, for for the past twenty years, I was a baseball player. That's oh. my job. Hey, all right, all right, all right, all right. You got me there. Have you ever no, had a no, manual no. labor job? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. But good for you. But you know, it's funny you talk about that interview. I was so nervous being around those guys and knowing what I know now. And if I look back at that, you'd probably, I'd probably be like, "Wow, I can't believe I was." asking those questions or I felt awkward just because you know, you have to grow a little bit of confidence when it comes yeah. to being in a mic and all that and or being behind a camera it's one thing when you're out on the baseball field you yeah. know in the mound you know, in front of 55,000 um you know it's just it's different you know and and as opposed to having a mic in front of you and having a screen yeah. in front of you. but I feel like I've adjusted well yeah and no, you're good more and more comfortable um you know, so I was able to do those six games last year in in, in Vancouver, That's right. know, which completely new experience. But feel like I got better every game. So yeah, we'll see where it takes us. You know, I mean, obviously, baseball is my passion, and hopefully, something happens there, and, and, and hopefully, we're able to do something. And you're the host of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. You have stickers. Uh, we should get some shirts made up just for the group chat. Size saw enough for some people. Uh, what's up, Razo? Uh, and then um, you. But oh man, Raza, does, does he want to hear it more? Because <laughs> we're in this household, we don't only bleed uh, purple and gold, but we bleed. You know what it is, Razo. <laughs> 39er, red and gold, baby. And uh, the funny joke behind that is that, you know, we were out golfing last week and 
he was talking a lot of shit about the LA Rams and this and that. And I was like, careful, man, because they get Debo Samuel back. And he, he obviously put me on blast with the video I sent you guys. Um, <laughs> and he's like, Debo, who the hell is Debo? And I was like, oh, you're going to know. And sure enough, he ripped them to shreds this past Sunday. So I was happy about that. Yeah, Anytime uh-huh. I meet any of my friends in something like that, it just, and I'm sure Roz will feel the same way. I don't think you said it. It does. He doesn't feel. He's not mad at the Rams' loss. He's mad that he lost to you. Because <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty cool. So Javier Rosso is a friend of ours, and we golf with him every Thursday. Uh, he's a matchmaker at Golden Boy and a die-hard Rams fan. Season ticket holder. When they went to St. Louis, he was still a fan. His eyeglasses still have like a Ram logo on the side, and he will bet Ricky anything about anything Rams and Niners. It'll be the coin flip. He'll do it, and he'll get so upset because he loses to Ricky. He doesn't care that his team and Jared Goff sucked. It was, I lost to Ricky. So that's back and forth. <laughs> on Debo's name, Razo, I told you. You owe me money, mofo. You owe me money. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky put on a Niners helmet to talk trash to people. That's how... That's how awesome 2020 is. So, for people complaining 2020 is bad, no, no, no. Ricky's good. His Dodgers won. His Lakers won. His Niners are winning. And, and the oh, podcast is back. It's been a rough one for the Niners. It's been super rough. No, it hasn't. You beat you beat Russell. Oh, twice. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, the thing that, that's cool about the Niners, though, everything that's been thrown at them, like they've had injuries like no other. They they Right now, they don't have a stadium. They're going to play in Arizona. They've had so many challenges, but the fact that they're still in the wild card hunt, I mean, it's just amazing. I feel like in other years, you would just say, oh, yeah, they're just going to win three, four games, maybe five. But now it just seems like they're they're uh, putting it together. You know, uh, their defense looks good. And I'm just hoping now they beat the Buffalo Bills because me and my father-in-law have a bet. So, Oh, shocker. <laughs> shocker. Yeah, uh. so – Oh, uh, final thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up right now. Um, I almost said this guy, uh, this shout out to Canada. Do you know who uh, Tavon Campbell is? No. He's a defensive back, a rookie defensive back with the Chargers. He had a pick six. He played in a place that you went to, Regina. Mm. That's where he's from. He's, uh, he's yeah. Canadian. Yeah. Right, you went there, right? Yeah, last year. Yeah, last year. Yeah. So he, uh, I remember thinking that, and I was going to say, I'm like, I think Ricky's been there, but I wasn't too sure. He's a rugby player for the Canadian national team, started playing football. Uh, he's, he's from Scarborough, Ontario. Uh, oh. Went, okay. okay. He went to Regina University. He played okay. for the Calgary St. Peter's, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Montreal Alouettes, and now he's with the Chargers of the DB. Wow. He had a, a pick six a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I and we were interviewing him, and I wanted to say something, and I'm like, maybe I don't know, because I know when you do the the uh, Blue Jays camps all over Canada, you're everywhere. So I didn't know what it was. So I was like, damn, I gotta ask Ricky about this guy. So shout out to everybody in Canada, the Canadian Football League. Yeah, there it is. All right, so next week we will have a guest. Oh, man, we went 55 minutes. We were supposed to – oh, there's my dad calling me. Everybody's calling me now. Don't be gone. Where's my kid at? 
Oh, well. Um, but yeah, it's uh, we have 55 minutes. Normally, the podcast will be 45. We're going to get a guest. Uh, next week, we'll have somebody for you. As always, go to <clears throat> Let's Go Ricky Row on Instagram. Follow it. Let people know what's going on. Share the podcast. Let us know. Go to the rate and review section and let us know where you're listening from. And we're going to be consistent with you every single Thursday. There will be a new episode of it. Now, if you see us golfing on Thursday mornings, just know that we were so dedicated to you during the week that we were able to golf. So if we don't have a podcast for you, we will not golf. <laughs> okay, we won't post that we're golfing. <laughs> but we'll do that for you. Ray, I felt good, man, like riding a bike. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, a little rusty. Nah, time. We're good. Drew, drew blank on a few things. That's right. And uh, as always, uh, this is not a paid sponsorship. Our good friends at Westside uh, with the hats. Uh, they are having a sale right now. Let me give you the proper uh, Instagram handle. And they got some cool shirts coming out right now. And I actually Dude, just ordered yeah. some from Black Friday. I got to show you, Diego. He's been yelling my name. All right. Uh, Westsidelove.us is the Instagram. There you see the shirt. Wait, there you see the shirt. Here's the hat. They have great uh, stuff for you. Uh, we'll see if we can hook up with them again and get you guys the discount code as Christmas approaches. So, oh, you got the kid? Dude, he's huge. Say hi. Can you say hi? No way. Yeah, there you go. That's Aitor. He's huge. <laughs> he's a tank, man. How old is he? He's going to be two in March. Dude, you hurt picking him up, Rick. He's heavy. Can you say something? Oh, you're just going to wait? Okay. Hey, say hi, Marco. Say hi, Sanabia. Hi, Canada. Hi, Sebastian. He knows how to say uh, his babysitter's name. Can you say Gloria? No? No? Dude, that kid is going to be a 6'7 tight end, man. <laughs> Rick, what if you get a kid that plays for Canada, the other one for the United States, and one for Mexico? That, that's fine with me. There you go. We got them all covered. All right. Bye, Diego. Can you say bye-bye? Say bye-bye. Dude, Rick, he he doesn't have hands. He has paws. Put his hand up. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Diego. All right. All right. All right, we'll take care of it. If you guys always need anything, if you didn't uh, watch this, go back on YouTube. Bethel Duran, you can check that out. As always, uh, thanks for Ricky Romero. We'll do that. Oh, now you want to talk. Now you want to talk. Yeah. Hey, that kid's vegan too, huh? Oh, yeah. He's a machine. All right, Rick, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, uh, as always, for listening to Let's Go, Ricky Rowe.